live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Back on Saturdays, we're trying for three to six as often as possible. That's what I'm on today. And next week, I'm on four to six. Basketball moves me around a little bit. So if you miss the show, be sure to listen to the podcast, which I put on my new website, PropagandaReportDaily.com, where uh, Binkley, my producer, and I are putting up online podcasts, uh, the WSB show, and daily quick hits on stuff in the news that's really meant to serve an agenda and not just give you information. And there is this big theme this week, or it's been ongoing, that I think is heavy with agenda. It's uh, I, I have found both sides of the aisle are pumping their memes, their themes on how to bring censorship to this country in violation of the First Amendment. On the left, they're talking about fake news, the need to censor, the need to curate, the need to prioritize what stories get the most um, attention. I'm telling you, that's coming from... Uh, from the very top and from the big mainstream media left news streams, which, of course, are want that because it's it's going to benefit them. But what it also does is it brings the left on board for uh, encroachment on this most important civil right. Now, on the right, we have the flag burning and the for me. There's a, uh, it's well established. It's covered by freedom of speech. And but it's also clear to me that this issue, which is meant to get, I think, especially because Donald Trump tweeted that uh, it should be punished. It should be illegal. You could lose citizenship or go to jail. That that the point there is to get the right on board with trying starting to curtail. Now, we've gotten a couple of comments that hate speech is curtailed already and that there have been encroachments on the first amendment freedom of speech i get that and i you know these things they have to get chipped away at but the re i kind of have a smoking gun here or anyway what i think is crystal clear that this is a plan to divide and conquer people i just read before the break a quote from the president of Hampshire College, his name is Lash, and he, uh, Hampshire College is where the, the students took down the flag and burned it. Um, they had, at first, the university had, or somebody had flown the flag at half-mast, and then uh, they took it down altogether. So the first thing Lash said right away after the flag was burned, he said, if it was a political act, it was pretty craven and ineffective since people did it in secret and no one knows what it was meant to state. This is what he said. Uh, and we replaced the flag the next day. That's what he said right after it happened. And then this article I was reading in the New York Times says, but within a week, Mr. Lash had sent out an email announcing that the flag was to be taken down altogether. And he said in an interview 
Some on campus perceived the flag as a powerful symbol of fear that they felt all their lives because they grew up in marginalized communities, never feeling safe. So something I've been learning about over the six years that I've been president here, but I saw with incredible intensity after the election, was the genuineness and depth of the fear of people who have grown up with racism, who look at the deaths on city streets and say, that could easily have been me. Now, I know that was a long quote, but if you look at the difference between what he said a week ago and what he said there, which he claims had been percolating in his mind for six years, I mean, that the American flag was a symbol of racism, this is new to me. I understood the Confederate flag issue, which was foreshadowing to this for sure. But when he said that, it looks to me like between his initial reaction and this, there he like got the memo. That is, if there is, and I don't know who... You know, who are the masterminds behind this? That's always a question. Like, like who's sending the memo? Or is he it spoke just with Colin those... Kaepernick is what, what he think? did. Yeah. Say that again? He, he took a knee with Colin Kaepernick and they discussed it. Do you think? I mean, because Colin Kaepernick, obviously, you know, it would be hard to, it's hard for me to believe that he, he, you know, when somebody does something like that and it gets picked up by every single, like when Trump said in a debate, he said, uh, I might not accept the election results. I noticed immediately, and we talked about it on air, that uh, immediately every single person picked up on it within seconds of the debate being over. And look at how important it ended up being after the election, the hypocrisy on the left. So when I see something really covered, I have to believe that there's somebody, some David Axelrod somewhere, who's sending memos out. I mean, what do you, Finkley, you were way ahead of this because you saw when Kaepernick took a sat for the national anthem that he was uh, foreshadowing a much bigger thing, specifically that the flag would become a symbol of racism and be taken down. Well, what Kaepernick said is almost exactly what you just quoted the the president of this school. Oh, earlier uh, on is that is the flag is a, a symbol of, of racism. Oh, so this guy didn't even need to get a memo. He could just read it in the newspaper. Right. The newspaper yeah. is our memo. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's and, that's yeah. the thing about the fake news about propaganda is that the the it's used to to influence our feelings and our uh, reactions more than it is to at this point. I consider that big, all powerful mainstream media to be about controlling our feelings. But I want to get into uh, more people's reactions to this. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Widner in Atlanta. Is it Widner? Widner. Widner. Okay, hi. It's You're on with Monica. What you got? Hi, Monica. Um, thank you for having me. Um, I am a long-time listener and also a first-time caller. In regard of the flag burning, um, your last caller has, has put it in the right perspective. However, um, what i like to add, if I can piggyback on what he has said, um, to me, it's the most hurtful way and disrespected way uh, any citizen of the, of the U.S. here can protest, okay, or can express any disagreement either with the government or with any other institute, you know, in this great nation. All right? Yes. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and um, 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 respectfully, um, when you say that it's okay um, to burn your property, and I, I, I also um, this is, uh, I mean, um, disagree with you on that because there's a lot of things of, that we own 
we cannot just decide that, okay, today I'm going to burn my car or today I'm going to burn my house. You know, Well, it's because that poses a danger to other people. Precisely. But All right. So, um, however, physical. Think, um, <laughs> <laughs> physical danger to other people. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, to me, um, 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 the main thing is it's what the flag is really represents. It's what it stands for. Like your last caller was saying um, earlier, I mean, it, 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 this is it. This is the, the main reason why we should never. There's so many other ways we could protest against any, like I said, any government or any institute within yeah, the government. Yeah, so you think it should be not allowed? It should not be allowed. You but know, here- without of Trump saying they should lose the um, citizenship, as you know, um, Trump will go a little bit farther with you, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. This is what you always have to think of. As a libertarian, this is how I think about laws. Mm-hmm. If you're telling people they are not permitted to burn their own flag in a, in a fireproof bucket on their front lawn, you know, there's no danger to anybody, how are you going to enforce that? You send, you send cops in there with guns, and if you resist, what do they do? You know, they drag you away. You have to think about um, initiating violence into a nonviolent situation mm-hmm. that, you, you know what I mean? It's like that's what private property is about. It's that you yeah, cannot yeah, encroach. Yeah. Yes, I understand that, but at the same token, if the media have the same respect that a lot of, of us foreigners, like me, who came from Haiti, I have tremendous respect for this flag. Um, this flag did not represent any racism for me. Um, to me, it's the most idiotic comment anybody can make, that this American flag represents, uh, I can't even say, that's, that's how disrespectful it is to me. Well, right. I actually this- thought that the Charlie Hebdo like Holy Trinity in a three-way was the most disrespectful thing that I could see. But then you have people from coast to coast holding up signs, Je suis Charlie, I am Charlie. P- these same people, like the Pamela Geller had a uh-huh. Muhammad cartoon drawing contest, the same exactly. people who object. That was going to be my next comment to oh, you, nice. Juanita. Okay. If you go ahead and draw Mohammed and put his picture and his name on it, I guarantee you no one can bind that. Because if you bind that, I'm telling you, you're going to hear it. You're going to have trouble. You even so, if you know what I meant. Yes, and that's why I think that we're dealing with uh, uh, deliberate manipulation, deliberately trying to get people to forget about principles and really resort to emotions so that we have conflict, which is what Binkley was saying. This is all about creating conflict. When you have conflict, you call the government in to resolve the conflict, and you're willing to accept a solution you wouldn't accept before because it's a crisis, and you never want to let a good crisis go to waste. More, I've got the full bank lines. Hang on. I'm going to knock off the calls uh, right after this. People really want to express their feelings, and I want to hear them. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We're talking about the very contentious issue of flag burning. And uh, and my point is that the fact that it's contentious gives it so much power and that this is not lost on the people who are um, making, you know, giving this a lot of airtime. And in parallel with the whole fake news thing, I feel like this is that we're being teed up for a a, a re-examination of the First Amendment. I want to hear 
what you have to say. I have a lot of great calls coming up. Alexander, Cliff is a vet. Uh, Ryan wants to talk to, about hate speech. Um, right now, I'm going to Doug and McDonough. Hi, Doug. You're on with Monica. Hey, how's your day going? Good. How's your day going? Wonderful. I uh, just wanted to put a, my thoughts in there. I haven't heard anything on this line yet. Personally, I would say the feds need to leave it alone and go to the small unit municipalities. Any law trying to re, uh, stop it from happening on private property is not going to be successful. It's going to be overturned. But I believe on public lands, each municipality can make that decision for themselves. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that calls to this idea of subsidiarity and the Tenth Amendment, which are the same thing, really. It's that you want to pu- always want to push down to local control all of this stuff. And that's actually the solution to these problems, that all this stuff that we're seeing of the people on the left freaking out because they're terrified of Donald Trump. I, think to, I heard some gal <laughs> saying on CNN, like, I can't believe this crap. I've got to... Uh, fight for my civil rights again. And I'm like, okay, he's not even in office yet. What are you worried about? So if they would just look at, instead of saying we need to control, control, take back control, if they just looked at that was what the 10th Amendment was about in the first place. That's what the First Amendment's about. You know, you need to look at the Constitution of the Bill of Rights is the symbol, is what the uh, flag symbolizes. It's the solution to the problems and to to sacrifice the First Amendment for uh, you know, this momentary problem is a mistake, but I, 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 I love the resorting to the 10th Amendment. It is a good angle. Well, I mean, it's absolutely. And I hadn't heard about this story until I tuned into your show about the college campus. I don't know. If it, I guess it was kids that went there that burnt the flag. Yeah, I, I, you know, I even wonder, it's like, do I have to tell this story? Does everybody know? But I noticed that I really didn't even know the story. When I well, was, I'm wondering, yeah. where, did they break the law? Did they steal the flag? Well, he's they... saying, it seems to me from the story I read in the New York Times that the campus had made a decision to fly the flag at half-staff, or somebody put it at half-staff, and then in the middle of the night, someone, they're saying it's students, pulled it down and burned it and made no statement and wasn't witness. That's just what I gathered from the article. And then the president made the decision to just take the can- the, the flag down altogether just to keep problems from happening. But that was interpreted as a ban on the flag. You know, the whole thing just got so uh, pumped up, you know, and I feel like it, it was almost I wonder if almost it was a, a stunt to get this this kind of press to get us to start thinking about it yeah. and dividing it over been. it. Could have been the other side doing it, too. Yeah. So oh, it could be a false flag. Who did it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, that's an interesting point. I really feel like uh, what we're talking about is a concerted effort to create a problem. It's this classic, uh, what they call the Hegelian dialectic. Maybe I should explain that after the break, where it's that whole um, the thesis, antithesis, synthesis. So the synthesis is the goal of the crisis and the crisis is sometimes created just to get to that synthesis so that's a lot of big stuff in there let's um break it down after the break and get your calls this is monica perez live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at wsb
Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB on Saturdays, back on Saturdays after football season, trying to be here three to six. But uh, basketball sometimes pushes me off a little bit next Saturday. I'll be on four to six. But if you miss it, I'll always put the podcast up early in the week on my new website, PropagandaReportDaily.com, where we, Binkley, my producer, and I also put up daily news stories, just quick hits, uh, our interpretation of some of the bigger news stories. So that's fun, but also uh, plenty of stuff to listen to and also to watch in case you miss me on Saturday. But I am here right now, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Our, uh, our numbers, and we're having a very robust conversation here about uh, the flag-burning dispute, which uh, I just got a call saying I hadn't even heard about it, but it's the one specific incident I'm thinking of, but I think it all started with Colin Kaepernick sitting during the national anthem, then taking a knee, then I noticed... The a- knee, by the way, that was a plan, because you're not going to yes. have... That was a PR person that came in, because you're not going to have Colin Kaepernick, you know, sitting on the bench on the cover of Time magazine as a symbol. So they, they decided to use something that was a little bit more powerful, that could be mimicked by people who were going to follow and join the movement. Yes, and Binkley, you are, like, uh, obsessed with propaganda, basically. Yeah, it's like my mistress. <laughs> It's it, it, you do tweet at me excessively about these propaganda things, and it like goes over my head half the time that you see what the meaning of these symbols are, and that they that and I'm beginning to recognize because of that that these symbols are really powerful, and I'm not you know 100 percent sure why they why they have so much impact. Well, they have such an impact because. Symbols are people personally identify with certain symbols on a deep emotional level and everybody has their own experience that they they can tell a story like people can tell a story about their grandfather or their father or somebody in their family when it comes to the the flag and then people who who feel a different way because symbols are vague so everybody identifies a different way so oh, that's why like what I like to call the psychic paper yes. from Doctor Who, where you look at it and you project it. Same thing like when Obama would say nothing, hope and change, and Trump would say everything. It's like whatever that that canvas is, you can put whatever you want on it. Exactly. That's exactly but what it is. It's so funny that you say that everyone has a story, because I have a story about the flag that's one of the most emotional moments of my entire life. I was at the 2002 Winter Olympics. I think that might have been the one Romney did in Utah. But it was 2002 Winter Olympics. I was pregnant with my first child, and I was worried about him because it was cold out. And George W. Bush got up to initiate the ceremonies, and out comes, I guess, a bunch of military people. I couldn't even remember who was doing it. The biggest flag I ever saw, and it was burned. It was the 9-11 flag from the World Trade Center. And I will tell you, the, I mean, Bush was crying. Like, everybody in the place, we're talking, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people were there, were so moved emotionally. And even though my understanding of that event has changed, I, you know, I don't even know how much was they even said was known at that time. It just, uh, it was so moving, and what it symbolized had nothing to do with tragedy, but it had to do with, uh, or it had to do with sacrifice and um, 
love of country and what the, what the country meant to you. It meant liberty and justice for all. Like that's what you know. I still feel that it was such a moving, and it, and it makes me sad. But I'm so cynical now. I can't be moved to tears like that. I can't even watch movies that move me to tears because I'm like that. I just hate being manipulated. You know, <laughs> I just can't stand it anymore. That's why it's powerful. Is because you you almost can't not feel something when a flag goes up. But if you can manipulate that meaning yes. to to be something negative, to be where it's oppression, like like they have done, then you're going to create that conflict between opposing groups. Yeah, and I and I put that on there myself. And what we've been talking about is what you've brought up is that the the and and uh, actually caller <laughs> brought it up where the what we're seeing is two different symbolic representations the flag appears on every single you know um uh agents of government or or military person law enforcement do you see that as those are the people who are protecting you and or those are the people who are oppressing you and you know that's that is uh it's funny because I do refer to this thing, the report from Iron Mountain, where they talked about how you want to take members of the own, of your own community to get the mainstream or the middle or the masses or whatever to look to government as the ones who protect you from that other group. And it could be that the flag itself is a way for each of those groups to identify that conflict that's been created. I really feel like this is a creation, what's happening now. But I want to get to some calls. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Cliff and Ackworth. Hi, Cliff. You're on with Monica. Hey, great. So uh, your comments that you just made is a great lead into what I have to say about it. You've had a couple of callers have kind of touched around uh, the, the whole reason why the flag has such a symbolic meaning. And uh, let me just give you a little bit of a history lesson for some of you, uh, some of you listeners. You know, this flag historically has represented the entirety of America and, and people in freedom, and just as you mentioned. But you've had people who have served this country, not just now, but since the beginning of this nation, who've served not only under that flag, but have gone into battle with that flag and have literally died at that flag. And when you have emotions like that, our national anthem is about our flag. And so... Yes, I always thought that was interesting. Yeah, and so, you know, when you talk about the the two uh, separations to the tale of two cities, and you've got the people who have never served, and you've got the people who have served their country and and understand what the flag represents, and that it doesn't represent the government at all. It represents the entire nation, we, we as a people. And that goes back as far as Roman days, you know, people who uh, had symbols that were carried in battle that represented the, the symbol of Rome. I mean, this and is something so, that uh, I, I find interesting in that this whole um news story right now is bringing it up to me and i had not recognized it before but i want to say when my father died he fought i'm the youngest of nine so do not infer anything about my age but my father did fight in world war ii he was the probably the youngest he i think he lied about his age to get in he was a sailor in the pacific theater and at his funeral when he was 79 his um they sent, I don't even know how they knew, but somebody must have told them, they sent sailors, with, and they folded a flag, and they knelt right. to my mother, and they gave her this flag, and I'm telling you, I was so, 
I don't know. The emotions were overwhelming. And I, you know, this was something completely out of my realm of experience to even know what he went through. I mean, he talked about it a lot, but I just, I was so moved and I was so proud of my father. And, uh, but I didn't realize what I'm saying to your point is that what I still, even then until today, realize that the, the, the military representation, because to me, the flag, I was always taught to think of it as a symbol of the American experiment of liberty and justice for all and not associated with, with strictly war. That's exactly correct. And you know, what's funny is that, you know, there's actually a provision for burning the flag and it's, it's indoctrinated in the military. And uh, I was watching the news and I I saw the flagpole at Hampshire, the college, and I noticed that they shot a, a beautiful picture of what the truck on top of the flagpole. And a lot of people don't know what a truck is. A truck is a ball that sits on top of the flagpole, and inside of that truck are several things. One is a razor blade, the other is matches, and the other is a forty-five caliber bullet. And that is on every military base in the United States. Uh, what happens is if that base is ever attacked, like, you know, the example where we have our national anthem talking about the flag flying through battle, if, if that flag is ever in jeopardy of being captured, the commander of that base goes to that flagpole, removes the truck from the top of the flag pole, takes the razor blade, cuts the stars out of the flag, burns the flag, takes the 45 round, digs the 45 up that's sitting 12 inches north of the flagpole, inserts the round, and defends with his last That round is so interesting. And I do believe that I thought, I was always taught that if you have a flag that you have to take out of service, you need to burn it, right? Well, you cut the stars out and you Ceremonially. burn it. That's, that's the provision for burning it. But, you know, all that aside, it's just, it's really interesting to see how people don't, you know, there's a, a large segment of the society that doesn't understand the symbolism of the flag. And so, they go, well, how is this such a big issue? I can only and, give you one more word because I want to... Um, have a lot of calls have been waiting, but Cliff, what do you say? Does it does it do you need to forcibly stop people from doing it, or should this be a case of social pressure, dignity, respect, and just don't do it? You know, I'm 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 on the fence with it because you know I'm a conservative that believes in the First Amendment, but at yeah. the same time, yeah. I'm also a veteran who has served under that flag and has seen you know people die serving that flag yeah. and so it's a real emotionally charged issue for me and yes. I'm, I'm undecided at this point to be honest with you yeah well as a libertarian i have to look at uh, i always prefer social power to government power and frankly i think it is more powerful if we ask the government to step in uh you know they win that it actually it it actually does in in um reduce the power of that flag uh but if you censure people if you reject them if you don't accept it don't send your kids to that school or whatever i think that's actually more powerful i want to go to ryan ryan you're on with monica hey monica hey ryan so um you had a caller uh, a couple of calls back that was talking about hate speech and that um they could somehow use hate speech as a way to censor um people from burning the flag, but hate speech is still protected under the First Amendment of the Constitution, even though it's deplorable. Um, that's why groups like the Westboro Baptist Church are able to go to college campuses and, and funerals and protest with 
with very hateful signs. Well, maybe I um, should have boned up on it, but do, isn't there some, uh, there are some limitations, not just crying limit- fire, but, you know. Right. The limitations to free speech are basically you, you can't use speech to incite violence. You can't use speech like fighting words. You can't use, um, you can't defame people, uh, libel, slander, that sort of stuff. But as far as like um, being critical of, of races or sexes or offending people, that stuff's all protected by the First Amendment still. Well, and I am honestly, a little. Yeah, go ahead. Finish up. The, the, this all seems to me like it's the, the conservative version of PC culture in that, oh, this, this action offends me, therefore I want to silence it. And to me, that's not really very different from the social justice warriors who want to silence the speech of other people when it offends them. Yes, Ryan, you're absolutely hitting on something so, so important. I'm going to get to, I'll get to it uh probably at the top of the hour, about how these kind of principles are so often attacked on the right, from the right, by the right, to undermine the principles because they have a hot-button issue. DOMA was like that, the Defense of Marriage Act. Um, Bans on plastic bag bans. um, States telling municipalities how they have to do their bathroom laws. These are are hot-button issues that the right uses to say, hey, you know, we believe that you should have local control of your laws, but this, you know, this is too important. Same thing. We believe in free speech, but this is too important. It's a tactic used by both sides. I want to get into that a little bit more. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Check back often for breaking news, weather, and traffic updates on WSB, the WSB radio app this weekend. And join us Monday for Atlanta's Morning News for new developments of the transition to Trump and more cold rain in Kirk Mellish's five-day forecast. This is Monica Perez. We are having a lively conversation about the flag burning and whether, uh, you know, you like it or not, what it means to you, why it's emotional, and if there should be a law against it. You throwing people in jail, going on their own property, dragging them off? I don't know. I mean, as a libertarian, I can't support that. And I actually think it empowers the uh, the people who use that as a symbol by, by escalating it, calling in the government. Uh, but... But I do respect, I've had that feeling with the emotions that it evokes and how important it is. And personally, for me, I think it's a symbol of the solution of these problems. That if we just go to the Bill of Rights and we uh, strictly defend the rights of everyone, including states' rights, then uh, we wouldn't have a, a fraction of the conflicts we have. Charles, I'm going to you. You've been on hold too long. I'm going to give you the two minutes, but I've only got a short segment here. So what do you got? Um, yes, uh, thank you for the time. I just think that uh, your discussion is uh, being American, we follow the Constitution. The Constitution gives us no rights. It recognizes the rights that we are given by our Creator. So no matter what you feel or what you think, I have the right as a sovereign citizen to do what I want with my property and my things and my life. And if you or anybody else says that I can't, that is un-American. It's plain and simple. You know what's interesting, Charles, about what you're saying is that you said it's not, these rights are not given to you by the government, they're given to you by God. 
And then you said that it's un-American. And and one thing that I think people rarely realize is that if they are given to you by God, it's it's really inhuman. It's it's you know what I mean. It's beyond un-American. These are rights that everyone must have. Uh, you know, these basic human rights. I'm not saying we need to be a police force of the world and make sure people get those rights, but I think it's very important to, you know, it's a way to open up your mind about when they start talking about um, uh, how we treat people in other countries. You know, we need to recognize that everybody has these rights, but you can finish up your thought. I'm sure you have something else. Other other countries, they don't matter. They're not Americans. I'm not saying they don't matter, but in this issue, I'm an American. And I, as an American, I'm given rights endowed by my creator. And they're inalienable. And but, it, just, but if you're not American, you still have those inalienable rights endowed by the creator, correct? Not, not under the Constitution, no. Well, yes, the Constitution does not that's, require, yes. You, the Constitution's that's, why, restri- that's why our nation is blessed. It's, and under our Constitution, if you're born in this country... We recognize those inalienable rights. Other countries do not recognize. Yes, those and I rights. and that to me is what is the essence of American exceptionalism. Not our right to invade other countries or not to recognize the sovereignty of other nations, but to demand our sovereignty recognized. What's exceptional is that we recognize the fundamental rights that all human beings are endowed with by their Creator. And uh, yes, so it's a nuanced point. I, I may get calls to try to uh, flesh that out if I didn't make it clear. I'm open to that. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.